Well, I did. You did. I told you what to do then, and you completely ignored me. I did, and, and you know what happened? Once again, we lost three hours of gold. Pretty much. Pretty much. The second week in a row, three hours. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach, where we eventually <laughs> start uh, and get this thing going. Indeed. It's kind of a crapshoot now, like, um, how the episodes are going to start. It used to always start... It, well, at one point it was, my name is Andrew. I intend to run a blah, blah, blah marathon. Now mm. it's, hey, everyone, welcome to Breaking the Barrier podcast. Or it's... We just start talking. Dealer's choice. And then eventually we're like, we should probably introduce this sucker. And I like how we say technical problems, like we've been out the back welding stuff together no. and rerouting wires. We're just incompetent. We're just clicking wrong buttons. We literally did the thing that we said we wouldn't do last week. We did it again. Indeed. And yes. you actually, you literally said... Don't do that. No, you actually said, start a new track. And did I? No, you said no. I, I absolutely said no. And you then... made unblinking eye contact with me and said no. Which is and then exerted your dominance, and then instantly your tail went between your legs as you realized. I mean, I wouldn't say my tail went between my legs. You slinked away. I didn't slink shit. There was lots of slinking. Obviously, I was wrong. (laughs) Coward, (laughs) some would say. I hey, I stand by my decision. I'll do it again. Yep, stand by your decision. I will turn this podcast around. You stand by your decision to get it wrong and redo the introduction. That is the story of my life. Wasn't that worth it, folks? Great time. (laughs) The only thing I've ever gotten right is Erin, and I take credit for her daughter, my daughter. Fair enough. She's mine now. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, um, race recap. Yeah, that's so. Everybody, today we're we're going to talk a little bit about my uh, half marathon that I did over the weekend. Uh, spoiler alert: I did finish. Yes, got which, through one. Yeah, and yeah, you know, pain free. Right. The first. So this is going to be a positive conversation. Yeah, it's the first race that I've done in a really long time that I finished pain free. I mean, you know. Uh, injury pain free, yeah, and uh, so I feel really good about that. I feel like that was a good thing. Good, the um, C goal or whatever it is, met, which is finish the race, not injured. Exactly, that's always the goal that you've got. Uh, yeah. exactly. So before we get into that, though, how how's your running going? How's the uh, how's the pain? How's the cortisone shot? Great, feeling great. Um, stepping up the mileage. Uh, did two hours fifteen on my long run on the weekend. We're about nine weeks out. From Melbourne Marathon. Yes. Um, Is it? Yeah, nine weeks to Melbourne Marathon. Damn, wasn't it 12 Uh, weeks like yesterday? It felt like it, yeah. So I've got nine weeks to go to Melbourne Marathon. I'm moving really well on all my long runs. I'm getting my hill training and my interval training at the track and all that stuff is getting done. And my, my my legs feel tired because I had a relatively, you know, couple of months of, of rather quiet so i haven't come in with a couple of months under the belt mm. and then started a 12-week training program i've started a 12-week training program from a very low base and so my legs are feeling a little bit more tired than usual but that's more than being made up for by the fact that i don't have any of the pain in the planter and i'm just able to train and run without pain at the moment so awesome. so at the moment my plan is i think three weeks from now i want to say i'm doing a 34k long run which is like an organized long run down at the Ballerine called the Ballerine Rail Trail Run. Oh, yeah, sure. It's, it's awesome. It's um, You've got the option of running 17Ks or 34Ks in an out and back. Um, if you catch the 17Ks, you get the option to catch a little train That's fun. to the start line. So you get to be a train man and then run back downhill. Or a woman. Or a woman. Um, or you do what I'm going to do, which is do the 34. So run out at a, a fairly <laughs> controlled pace, which will be kind of uphill, and then turn around and run back. Uh, downhill and hopefully go for a negative split. That's the definition of a long-distance runner. Somebody who has the choice yeah. to get driven or transported 
but decides, no, I'm going to run instead. I'm going to run there instead, yeah. yeah that's so I'm looking for that run to be at about, I want to say, three and a half hours. It's a, it's a run which I've done in the past sub three. Is that hilly, that one? Uh, it's got a grand total of five metres elevation so over no. the entire 34 kilometres. I'm going to say no. Okay. So not hilly at all, no. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a tough run in that I will definitely be tired. I was talking to Mark today, and I've been finishing my runs after 20Ks, 23Ks, whatever, feeling really good, but also thinking, wow, I have to go double this yeah. in, in like two and a half months. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So that's a little bit preying on me. So I think this 34K run in a couple of weeks' time will be a really good test. But at the moment, um, I've just got to start adding some fueling into my long runs. I'm getting yeah. to that point now where the long runs are at the point where, again, like you said last week, I probably don't need to fuel to complete the long run, yep. but I need to start fueling on the long runs to train my body yeah. to fuel so I can do it when I get to that more marathon distance. So honestly, for the next nine weeks or so, that's the plan. Just build up to a, a long run, quick deload week, build up again, start a taper, get the fueling happening through it, stay pain-free. Um, yeah. I can't believe it's nine weeks away. It's incredible how quickly it is. That's ridiculous. Nine weeks. I, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's nuts. I, I really felt like we still had 12 weeks left, but I guess not, because a few weeks ago you said we had 12 we weeks. Had 12 week, we had 12 weeks to like, go three weeks ago. When I signed up. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's math. That makes sense. That's well the math. Done. There you go. So, and that's why the Run Melbourne you've just done at like 10 <laughs> weeks out, and this Ballerine Rail Trail one I'm doing in like seven weeks out, they're perfect distance, because you've got enough yeah. time after that to do some tweaking, yeah. but you also get a really good measure of where you are. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. Mm. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the next nine weeks of running. Yep. I'm starting to dial up the nutrition as well, just get a little bit tighter on stuff. Yeah, and, and yeah. Just, you know, make sure that... I've had a couple of bad long run experiences the last couple of weekends where I made some poor diet choices the day or two beforehand and, and really paid for it with not able to get through the whole run without needing to stop and, and go do a toilet break. Yeah, bummer. And so, yeah, I've really got to try and work on that. I'm going to try and have a couple of really, like, your training... Your diet before a long run or before a race starts on the Friday. Yeah. Like, you've got to start Friday, Saturday, and I've not been doing that. Um, and so, yeah, just it's a, it's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually doing the same thing with my nutrition. I'm starting to... So, the one thing that was not negative, but just an interesting observation, because I've been sitting at about 90 kilograms, yep. the race on the weekend was... I felt, I felt it in my body a little bit more than I would have expected... But sitting at 90, that's 200 pounds to my American friends. I'm still pleased with my pace and yeah. how I went and the speed at which I went. But it made me realize, I was like, yeah, I need to... Um, There's a lot of you to move around. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get back, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend like trying to lose weight prior to a marathon. No. But I know my body very well, and I know that I can handle certain... like. Right around 85, I think, is going to be a good... Mm. 84, 85 is going to be a good race weight for me. And you've been working hard to, to get to 90 and stay at 90 in the form and the physique you were at. Yeah. So if you now go, right, well, that's not the goal to stay there. Yeah. Combination of taking that nutrition back and doing marathon training, you'll find it'll drop pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I feel probably in the first couple of weeks... Like, this week I've already dropped like a kilo and a half, which, yeah. you know, some of that's water weight, of course, but... Um, now that I'm, I'm I'm tracking everything again in my fitness pal, yeah. I'm weighing stuff out, so I'm Me doing too. the pedantic yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm tracking the calories and going right. 
you can't go over this limit anymore. Mm. It's not it's not just a reflection and go, oh, wow, I didn't know the number could go that high. Yeah. It's now, no, you got to actually stick to it. 3,000 calories a day was fun, but mm. it's time to um, slim down. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if that, and that starts now. I mean, you kind of need to do the work now to reap the benefit nine weeks from now. You yeah. Can't, you can't start that three weeks out. No. It doesn't no, work. No, it doesn't. Uh, mm. And this way, I'll get to whatever weight I want to get within about four or five weeks, yeah. and then... I'll I'll have enough time to acclimate yep. before race day, so I'm not like um, faded out yep. and kind of feeling gross. I'm not doing low carb or anything. I'm keeping carbs in so that I can have the energy for my runs yep. and my quality days, but I'm certainly not ingesting three thousand calories anymore. Yeah, it's hard work to do that and maintain it. If, if that's not if that's what did you say homeostasis with yeah. your body? If your body doesn't naturally get to that. It's hard for it to get there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, it took me a year and a half to get from eighty to ninety. Yeah. So, but it's going to take a lot less than that to <laughs> get, get from ninety. To, yeah. Exactly. So, which is fun. So, so the race on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. one Melbourne half marathon. Half marathon. Man, you got lucky with the weather. I totally did, dude. <laughs> you it was so lucky. Like the weather was so good. There was only a couple of spots in there where it was kind of. Like, I was really worried because the wind picked up and there right. were some big headwinds, but it only lasted for a couple minutes. But Put, the, contrast it with the day before and the day after, yeah. where it was just rain, Gross. rain, rain. Like, the day, like, even the morning of, when Aaron and I were driving to the race, it was kind of drizzly. Mm. But as soon as we got there, it was like, I think, I think I said to you, it was that point where I was shivering a bit mm. and I did my 10 to 15 minute warm up. And then I never, the temperature, Always in a race is something that you think about yeah. because it's it's rarely perfect. But that day, I didn't think about the temperature once. Well, do you know what it was? I think it was right around, it was meant to be, I think, 18 the high yeah. for the day. It's so, up to like 3 o'clock. Yeah, so I, and it like by the time uh, the race was finished, I felt like it was probably close to mm. 16 or 17. Yeah. But I, I would imagine that. When I started, it was probably around eight or nine. Yeah, which and is perfect running. It was weather. just beautiful, yeah. and probably the peak was right around fourteen or fifteen. So it was mm. great. That's awesome. Mm. Um, and how was it getting there? So getting to because this is again we did the Melbourne Marathon Festival, the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival, the Nike Melbourne Marathon last December, <laughs> and that was the first running event that Melbourne had had in like two years with the pandemic. Yeah, and there's been a few other events since then, trail events and Great Ocean Road, but this is like the last the that it's, been, it's been since December yeah. that they've shut down the city. And, yeah. and Run Melbourne shuts down the city. It shuts down Docklands. It shuts down so, a lot of it. And they were really, they were really, uh, you know, that was a big, like in the race announcement, I yeah. could hear uh, for the 10K, because yeah. that started a little bit later, and the 5K, yeah. that like, they were going to be really strict on the cutoff times because they had to reopen. Yeah. But getting there was really easy. I, bu- I pre-booked parking at uh, Olympic Park. Very smart. If you can do that, folks, pre-book parking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was... it. <laughs> I planned to get there at about six. We got there at six, but it took us fifteen minutes to get into the park. Because, but so that was a little bit nerve wracking. But it was fine. Uh, and what time did the race start? Again? The race started at six forty-five. Okay, right. So you didn't have a lot of time to stuff around. No, no. Uh, mm. So I would have liked to have been out of the car by six oh five. I was out yeah. of the car at six fifteen. Not a big deal. Yeah. I still had enough time to do everything I needed to do. But you know, it pissed me off because I pre-booked it, and it was twenty dollars to pre-book it, and then we get there, and it was like. <laughs> All day parking, $7. Oh, no. <laughs> I 
like, you bastard. The convenience cost me three times yeah, as much. exactly. I was yeah. like, that's so not cool. Yeah. But, you know, at least I knew that I was going to have, well, I mean, I, I would have had parking anyway, but yeah. it, it was good peace of mind anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to pay extra money for the peace of mind, yeah. you know, so that was fine. And what was the organization like at the start? Was it clearly organized? Volunteers were good? I, I didn't really, I didn't uh, get a chance to talk to the volunteers that much, but the race festival was pretty well set up. It was an interesting, I had to kind of really look for where I needed to go for okay. the start because basically it starts on Batman Avenue. Same place as the Melbourne Marathons? Nike Melbourne Marathon? Nike Festival Melbourne starts? Marathon. I feel like it is. Okay. I feel like, I think it is. I think it is. Mm. Which is, yeah. yeah. So, Batman Avenue, like, I knew that that's where it started, but at the same time, when you're like, it's that early and it's dark yeah. and you're kind of disoriented, I'm like, where the hell am Batman I Batman Avenue is like two Ks long. Yeah, so, well, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Mm. Uh, but, so yeah, it was just like, okay, follow the crowd, basically. Yeah, true. So, it wasn't too hard. So, it was set up really well. They started well, close to on time, mm -hmm. but it was it was a really good it was a really good atmosphere. I think it was really crowded. There was so many more people there than I thought were mm. going to be there. It was a big event. The just the half, just the half was a big event. So it was really great to see everybody out there racing and just going nuts. I felt so bad because essentially when we got there I, I got out and i right away started my my warm-up because yes. i was going to do just 10 15 minutes running including strides and you know aaron was just like walking yeah. and she was just there basically alone yeah and i was just like running back i was just doing uh out and backs basically yeah. run and come back hey run yeah. come back and then i would do my strides and stuff and i just felt really bad because she's just like there carrying my bag yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like I think she went and slept in the car when I started. <laughs> Many other people doing warm-ups? Or... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a bunch of people. It was interesting. The people who were doing warm-ups, from what I saw, and I don't mean for this to sound the wrong way, but it's going to, the people doing warm-ups looked like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. The okay. people who looked like they probably didn't know what they were doing <laughs> were not doing warm-ups. Okay. Uh, they yeah. were, there was a lot of people just walking or just standing around, and maybe yeah. they had done their warm-ups and I hadn't seen them, but... Doing a warm-up two hours before a race doesn't help much. doesn't yeah. work. doesn't really work. So I was happy. So I basically did my warm-up, and then I only had about five minutes before race start. Okay. Race, yeah, race start. Anyone but, hanging around who'd come off a big night the night before and looking a little worse for wear? I didn't see anybody. Um, I didn't see anybody. And I've was, done that before. I have done that too. Yeah. I've done that I too. said I did a, the 10K. They had a Father's Day special once. So the Mother's Day run is a huge run here in Melbourne, um, but they tried to do a Father's Day one, mm. and I went out the night before and just, yeah, Oops. got blotted. Yeah. Uh, got up the next morning, and I think I was still drunk wow. because I didn't have any of that hangover or anything. I was just really happy to be out running. Uh, and it's had a pretty good time, honestly, for nice. 10Ks. <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, paid for it afterwards. Yeah. Well, it's, it's <laughs> funny. Like, I can, like, the night before a long run, I can have a few bourbons and, like, mm. show up and be ready to rock. Yeah. But before a race, I kind of, I get, I won't. Yeah. Just because, it's funny because like, it doesn't affect me in a long run, but then again, I'm not pushing like I do in a race. Yeah. So I'm always like, you know what? I'm just, I don't want to yak. Yeah, So exactly. I'm just not, I just won't. So I'll just, oh. you know, do my thing. All right. So, uh, yeah. in, in the starting shoot, the gun goes, you start the race. What was it like for the half marathon start? Okay. So, 
It was cr- so it was crowded. So like I said, that's it, the feedback I've heard. Yeah, it was really crowded. I saw the pacer uh, that I wanted to stick with. I, I didn't stick with him because mm-hmm. it just wasn't in the tanks that day. But that's fine. We'll get to that. But it was exactly how I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I started out about thirty seconds to forty-five seconds slower than I my pace I wanted yeah. uh, to keep. But that's fine. Like you kind of. As long as you don't push it too hard, you can. We- there's enough room to like weave in and out, okay. and and not go too nuts. Like I didn't, I didn't go crazy. Like, you know, the past few races that I've done, even though they were ultras, but including this one, I've really, really kept true to what I wanted to do when that gun goes off, and just pace it and not go nuts and push too hard. So I'd say probably the first two-ish kilometers, I'd say, at least, it was a bit crowdy. So that's up Batman Avenue along Flinders Street. Yeah. And yeah, so I heard reports that the 10K, the start of the 10K, was absolutely chaotic. And there was a lot of people in that event who hadn't seated themselves properly. Yeah. They were walkers who were at the front to the point where people were yelling at them to get out of the way. Yeah. Um, So there was a lot of faster runners that were held up. Did you see anything like that? No, the, I didn't half? see anything like that in the half. And that's the thing, though. When you get down to a shorter race, like a 10K or 5K, you're much more likely to find people who are trying to race it. And mm. matter of fact, at the uh, the Australia Day fun run yep. up in uh, Rosebud. Down in Rosebud? Down in Rosebud. Down in Rosebud. Yeah. They tell you, like, if you're running the 5 or 10K, don't walk. Yeah. Because you will be asked to vacate the course. Yeah. So I can imagine that, especially in a crowded race, if it's a 5K or 10K, yeah, people are going to do that. Whereas in a half, I think that there's a little bit more leniency because yeah. people know. It's like not everybody's going to try to run a fast half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the running community knows that. And the people who want to do a fast half will be placing themselves in the front of the pack. Yeah, I think with the 10K, the feedback I heard is that a lot of people who should not have been at the front of that event yeah. seated themselves at the front. And that's a problem. And then took off walking. That's a, Yeah, and see, yeah. that's a problem. Like, this is my advice to you. No matter what race distance you're doing, if you don't think that you belong in the front of the pack in yeah. terms of speed, don't position yourself there at the start of the race because there are people... There's only limited amount of space. Like, yes, you can figure it out how to get to the front, but there's only a limited amount of space. So mm. if you don't sort of think you should be there, yeah. don't. Look around, look at where you are in the shoot and go, do I expect to finish here in the standings? If you're feeling okay with that, if you're like, okay, I think I'll finish in the top third, yeah. I'm sitting at about the third of the mark, cool. If you're sitting there going, I'm just out here for a walk, and the only thing in front of you is the tape right. holding you from crossing, you're in the you're wrong spot. You're in the wrong spot. spot. Like, yeah. I can go, like, and, and you got to gauge it by race, too. Like, yeah. I'll go to the sunset run, the 4K run, I'll put myself in the front, yeah. because I know in a 4K, with the crowd that's there, I can finish top 10 mm. on a good day. I did. I have. But in a half marathon... I'm not finishing top 10, <laughs> so I'm going a little bit further back. Yeah, yeah. In a 5K, again, probably going to go a little bit further back, yeah. not as far back as a half. In a, in a full marathon, yeah. I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to stroll across the start line and wait for everybody to clear out before I even do anything. Whereas I like to do ultras where there's only 50 people in the event <laughs> to start off with. <laughs> exactly. And, so, and when they say go, we all just sort of look at each other and go, well, I guess we better I get guess we started. Better s- we start eating. Put out our cigarettes. <laughs> and <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right. So, so the first two Ks, as expected, off your pace yeah. by 30, 45 seconds or so. Um, yeah, well, I shouldn't, it wasn't the whole time. Like, 
there were just spots where I was off my... Yeah. So, like, I was able to keep it. Like, the first two Ks, I kept 502 and 508. And okay, that's good. Number three was at 508. So, right around kilometer four, I was able to find some more uh, paces to pick up. But What was the course like? Was it open enough for you to run? It was, was pretty it? open. It yeah, was yeah. pretty open enough to run. I mean, the complaint there, about that course in the past has been it has checkpoints. There's basically... So, okay, so you're running on the road. There's the median strip in the middle yeah. that raises up. A lot of people are running on top of that. That's yeah. fine. There's dangerous, of course, though. Dangerous, you know, because... Yeah. You know, you could trip. The tram tracks are there, so you can spread out a little bit. There are cones, which you shouldn't be running on the outside of. No. A lot of people were. And they did have volunteers being like, get on the other side of the cones. But, you know, there people were doing whatever they were going to do. And with people doing the wrong thing, technically, that does open up the space for everybody yeah. else. So, I mean... You know, what are you going to do? So I always look at those people, though, who are running on the outside of the cone. I'm like, you got guts? Yeah, if, yeah. and also, come on, Tiger, just just get there earlier to the start. Yeah, exactly. Go up the front. Exactly. Like, if you if, if you seated yourself so badly that you're back and you mm. now need to run into oncoming traffic, try waking up five minutes earlier. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> I mean, even on the other side of the cones, it seemed like the road was closed. So mm. No, on the other side of the cones is death. Oh, oh, yeah. maybe that's why I seemed closed. Yeah, it was like exactly. A different dimension. Um, <laughs> Floor is lava. Oh, nice. <laughs> the the cones, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I was actually, I was pacing myself by miles, funnily enough. So, you know, you of course I was. Basically, my, I've said this before, my, my Garmin is set to uh, kilometer pace. So I'm looking down and I can see my speed in kilometers. So your Garmin's correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and my, it beeps, though, at the mile. So... <sighs> I basically, my first like five miles, I ticked over 807, 807, 807, 807, 807. Wow. Like Oops. spot on. And I was doing that on purpose yep. because that's what I wanted. So that's about a five minute pace, right? Yep. Uh, and then I knew after that, that's when I was going to try to, mm. you know, maybe pick things up or put a little bit of gas in the, uh, in the, uh, in the tank there. But yeah, so I, I just tried to keep that even split, and that translate to translated to about a 502, 508, 508, 455, 503, 504, 518, 457. So I was like, there was a couple of kilometers slash miles there where I'd go up, just basically because of the douche grade hills. I was about to ask, yeah, what's the terrain like at this um, point? So it's all road. This is yeah, road so it's all road. It's a road course, and it's it's about eighty percent flat. This course. But the 20% that isn't flat. The 20% that isn't flat <laughs> is just inclining enough. And we call this in the running world douche grade hills. Yeah. So it's not classified as a hill, but it's not flat. It's right in between where it's just enough to just take a little bit out of you. If you're good at running hills, it's not a problem. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. If you're not good at running hills, it's, it's a it's problem. It's kind of a problem. <laughs> Which is an interesting thing because my, my training, I've done a lot of work... Mm. For me, a lot of work at the Yu-Yangs. And interestingly enough, yes, the inclines... I remember some of these inclines from the first time I did the run yeah. Melbourne. And I remember how hard they felt. And yeah. this past weekend, yes, they felt hard, but they were doable. And it was the interesting thing for me was the downhills. So after mm. you get up, you get to go down. And because I've been working so much on my downhill running, I was like bombing past everybody yeah. on these downhills because road runners don't work that stuff. Yeah. So it was just... it was. I mean, it was an interesting And it's interesting because you go past all these people and they see you running past and they think, oh, well, they're just out of control or they're sprinting down the downhill. Yeah. They don't realize that 
we train for that. Exactly. That's the reason you go out exactly. and you do these hill repeats is to practice running down. Yeah. It's no accident. No. Now, when I when I pass people running downhill, that's not an accident. I've no. been training with Mark for bloody four years. Exactly. To get better at that. And it's just like, I let gravity take me. I let my arms do what they're going to do. I mm. don't put any attention yeah. in my body. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do that down like a 20%, 30% no. decline, but you know, a five to ten percent. You can decline. use hills to your advantage. Yeah, yeah, and and it's... steeper hills that would cause people to. The, the difference with running downhill once you've trained for it a little bit is, people who haven't trained to run those downhills, they use their quads to break. Right. People who have trained to run the downhills, they don't. You just go. You just go with it. You, you let gravity go. be your friend. And mm. yeah, like five to ten percent decline, that's fine. Mm. Uh, you know, I. I I'm not going to be able to do that down a mountain anytime soon. No. But it was interesting because I was able to do that and I would get to maybe like a four minute kilometer pace and then I'd just cruise right back to my yep. to my uh, my cruising pace, which is about a five minute kilometer for the whole thing. Yeah, because there's no hills on that course that are more than a couple of hundred meters, are there? No, no. Uh, you know, there is, you know, the one... Docklands, Collins Street. Docklands, yeah. Collins Street leading up to Anderson Hill. Yeah. You know, the final kind of... We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so about, yeah, so I'd say maybe about f five or six kilometers in, I found somebody that I was going to be like, all right, well, this guy and I have been kind of mm -hmm. yo-yoing, leapfrogging. I'm going to stick with this guy. It's called a truce. No, I was... I was There's I was, no truce. I was, I was doing battle with this oh, guy. Oh, okay. I was doing right. battle with this guy like the whole way. I don't even know, I, you know, spoilers, I don't know if I beat him or not because right, right around... The 15 and 16 kilometer was the last time I saw him, and I, I don't remember if he ended up behind me or ahead of me, but it was just like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was my kind of, I, I chose him to race. So yeah. the first quarter of my race, the first like five kilometers, mm -hmm. you know, I stuck true to my plan, my five, six even, and I just... And that was you controlling the pace. That was me controlling my pace. And, and then you found someone. And then I found somebody, and I was like, all right, let's see what this guy's Let's doing. let this guy control the pace right. a little bit. Yeah. And at that point, I had a little bit to give. So there were times where I you know, I was running uh, a 450 or 445 back up to 5, but I never let myself get so fast that I knew I was going to yeah. just derail my whole effort. You know, at this point, I knew. I was like, all right, I'm six kilometers into this thing. I know that I'm not going to PR or PB my half marathon today. Okay. That's fine. Why? I just, it wasn't in there. And like, okay. and I think partially that is because A, the weight, yep. my weight, and B, I basically haven't really worked on speed yet. Yeah. You know, we've done a couple of speed workouts, but not enough to change anything or move the needle that much. And three, see, thrice. Whatever. Uh, the third reason is because I haven't done a half marathon time trial in like a long time. Yeah. So I, I just knew I wasn't going to PR. My pace was not going to be there. So I found, I was like, all right, I'm going to finish this race probably averaging about a five minute kilometer. What is your half marathon PB? My half marathon PB on road is about 144. It's just under 144. Okay. On a treadmill, which I don't count, it's 142. We don't care. Mm. Um, but I had to say it anyway. Just Your mom's proud of you. Nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your mom. Um, so I knew I wasn't going to PR. I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll work as hard as I can today, and I'm happy with that. So, so you, you, were, you were moving well enough to hold a five-minute-ish pace, but you yeah. knew that that was it. That was it. That Yeah. yeah. I, I knew that I was moving well enough to hold that five-minute at an average. I knew that I could surge 
when I wanted to. Yeah. And that surge was going to put me at a four forty to five uh, to four fifty kilometer mm. at 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 a speed that I could hold for X amount of meters, yeah. but not hold it there without. Mm. Uh, sacrificing too much yeah. maybe possibility but I wasn't ready to that was not the place where I was going to experiment with that no you you weren't running with such control where you're like okay I, for instance, I, I do long runs sometimes I think I've shared this in the past I love to go out to Brimbank and I like to do an out and back where I run out at a pace that is you know controlled yeah. and then on the way back I, I push it up to a threshold yeah. so you, you're halfway through a long run and you're like right now I'm going to finish at a threshold pace you didn't have that in this race. No, like, I mean, I did, I, I knew that I had in me enough to finish stronger than mm. I started. And so I wanted, mm, I wanted to save that. So, yeah. I mean, the whole time, my average heart rate for the entire race was about a 164. Well, that's uh, good. And that's a heart rate strap heart rate. So it's, that's, you know, that's accurate. Yeah. And so I'm happy that I was able to keep that heart rate the entire time with the pace that I was doing. So... Yeah, so basically we moved a little bit further down, you know, my pace. This is right where, so uh, eight, uh, kilometers 8, 9, and 10, I did put on some speed just to mm -hmm. see. And I, that was a 457, 458, and a 452. Mm -hmm. And those were those, those those felt comfortable. But again, I was like, you know, the, the, the next kilometer after that, I went right back up to 502, 501, 501, just because I was like, yeah. I better not stay in this 4 because yeah. it's not going to do me any favors later mm -hmm. on. What we what was the fueling strategy like? The I aid didn't, stations. Yeah, the I basically so I fueled by uh, so in the morning. Sunlight. You fueled by sunlight. Uh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I hate you. Um, I fueled with Generation You Can. So basically, the morning I had a half a Generation You Can snack bar, yep. and then right before the race, about fifteen minutes. Before the race, I had a full generation you can't snack bar. So actually, no, five minutes before the race, because after my warm up is when yeah. I had it, I had the full generation you can't snack bar. And then the rest of the time, I was just taking water at the mm. uh, at the aid stations. I think at the final aid station, I took a Gatorade by accident, and I was yeah. like, oh shit, I hope this doesn't mess with me. But at that mm. point, there was only like two kilometers yeah. left, so it didn't matter. Um, I like the sound of this Generation You Can. Where can I get some from? Well, you can go to generationyoucan.com.au and use coupon code Breaking the Barrier for 15% off. The Super Starch formula utilizes fat as fuel to keep your body moving faster, longer, harder than you ever thought possible. Generation You Can. There's sugar and then there's science. Nice. Welcome <laughs> back, Generation You Can. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so you know, Generation You Can always treats me really well. It's, mm. it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a really good bar. It's, you know, it's not like the sugary stuff, which... It's not. It, I yeah. would, compared to other bars you can get, it doesn't leave you with that sugary no. medicine feel. No. It's, and yeah. they do have Edge now. I think I've said this a few times, mm. it, which is a gel, and I really got to try it. Yeah, really me too. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe at the marathon. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll get some and, yeah. and see how we go with training. But uh, So, yeah, it was just water the whole time, and... You know, I've I've gotten used to running with my hydration pack. Mm, did you run with it? I did, but there's okay. nothing in it. I don't put anything in it. The only reason that I run with it is Makes so, your arms look bigger. Yeah, and it's red. <laughs> it looks like a cape. Yeah. Um, I I put my phone in it. Yeah. So okay. that I can listen to my music. Yeah. Uh, which I was doing. Mm. Um, so yeah. So basically, at this point, we're about eight, nine, ten kilometers in. I'm working. You know, we're going past everything, and I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm yo-yoing back and forth with this guy and I'm feeling really good. And it, I, I settled well and truly into my race effort by this mm -hmm. point. And I'm like, I'm working hard. I'm working as hard as I think I should be working for a half marathon effort. And it's uncomfortable. It's challenging. Mm. And it's at that point where I'm like, I think I can sustain this pace. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think I can. I'm about 90% sure. And for me... You're not living in doubt going, do I have more? You're like, right. no, this is it. This right. Is, yeah. I was racing it for me. Yeah. And it was challenging. It was, a, it was a hard effort, challenging effort. And I was like, all right, let's sit in this uncomfort for the rest of the race. And so... And a five-minute kilometer, that's a good... You're running that. Like, that's not a plodding, jogging, no. I'm just shuffling along here. No. That's running. That's, that's running. running motion. And that's, for yeah. my weight right now, I think that that's pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, for a 200-pound guy, five-minute kilometer for a half marathon, I yeah. think that's pretty good. So, so yeah, so... We'll let the listeners be the judge well, of that. Well, if you, if you think I'm wrong, you can send us a... Um, an email they shut up at shutup.com.au desperate for your feedback indeed <laughs> by the way everybody get back on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and whatever it's called and leave us a review you know we haven't had a review in a long time if you leave us a review more people are going to hear it and they're going to hear me up on my soapbox and they're going to hear Zach and his dumbass jokes <laughs> and we're going to kick this thing in the Top 100 is within sight. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to beat you, Joe Rogan. Top 100 for niche podcasts Indeed. by amateur runners. That is his name, right? Joe Rogan? Yeah, I believe so. I yeah. just had a mind blank. I was yeah, like... Yeah, the conspiracy guy. Yeah, it's Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah. Was he UFC? Yeah, I think so. That was his thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's like the most famous podcaster in the world. I don't even know his name. He's just a blowhard. Yeah, I don't even know your name, Joe Rogan. Mm. Psh, Joe Rogan? More like Joe Nogan. Right, guys? I think I'll do the jokes. That's yeah. probably better. Yeah. All right, so moving <laughs> forward. So, I'm a, I'm a dad, and even that was a bad joke. I tried. Yeah, I tried. So, uh, so yeah, four fifty seven, four fifty eight, four fifty two. Then, so now we're in the third. We're in the bit of the podcast where we just say numbers. Just say numbers. <laughs> we're in the third quarter, and my next, you know, five kilometers, I ticked over at five oh two, five oh one, five oh one. What happened to that one? Five. That was right before Anderson Street. Right. Uh, and then kilometer 15 was 449. Mm. And so what Zach was just alluding to, kilometer 17 was a 5 minute and 25 second kilometer. That's a lot longer than the other ones. That's, that's, that's the, that was my longest kilometer. And the reason being is there were two douche grade hills in this one. A, at the beginning of the kilometer, and then B, at the end of the kilometer. So that first one was leading up to Anderson Street Hill. So Anderson Street Hill, it was about 100 to 200 meters maybe, just going at about, I'd say, probably a, I'd say probably like a 10% incline. Yep, I was going to say between 10 and 15. Yeah. It's it's a hill in Melbourne that goes up one part of the Botanical Gardens where at lunchtime and in the morning and in the afternoon, people will go to this hill and they will train hill sprint repeats on yeah. it. It's steep yeah. enough to make it worth that. Yeah. And, and it is a sign of an amateur runner. When you can run up Anderson Street without stopping as part of a run, that's a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. good... Like, that's the... That was in the middle of the Sunset Series run, and mm. we had to do that twice, and this sucked. Yeah. Uh, but this was the, uh, the other end of Anderson Street. So mm. you go up that back end of Anderson Street for about 100 meters, 10% mm. incline, but then you go down Anderson Street. Yes. So that next kilometer uh, was a 442. Mm to let you know. So basically 
yeah, that that just that just really slowed me down that couple hundred meters. But you know, I think my it slows everyone down. It's yeah. designed to slow people down. And my heart rate was about one sixty five for that kilometer. So there's a there's a there's a tough one. And but th- this was where I found somebody else to yo yo back and forth with, and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna. F- this because this is I think where I lost this is where I lost uh, the dude that I was and then I found somebody else. Long may he live. Indeed, yeah. hopefully he did. And you didn't introduce yourself. You didn't talk. Did we talking to anyone during the? No, race? I didn't talk. I don't. I don't have any friends on the race day. Okay, we do battle, dude. Okay, I don't make friends because if I make a friend, somebody I'm less likely to want to destroy. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> I don't make friends with these freaks. <laughs> go out there on a Sunday morning and so, run a half marathon. What the hell's wrong with you? So Melbourne Marathon, you're gonna run in complete silence, ignoring everyone around you. You're yes. not gonna chat. No. Okay. What if I'm running with you? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> you and I are enemies. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if I can keep up with you at the Melbourne Marathon, I will gladly converse with you. Oh yeah. I think for the first twenty-one, you'll be fine. No problem. We'll yes. That's... All bets are off for both <laughs> of us in the second half. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but yeah. So. Basically, from there, um, you know, it was just the last six kilometers to the to the finish. These were kind of this last quarter of the race. I, you know, I was really starting to buckle down, and I think so. Right around kilometer, actually, seventeen, eighteen, maybe. This is where I decided I was like, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna to try to kick here, and I think that was a little bit too early, because uh. I did. I you know that's where that 4:42 came from, and I was like, oh man, I think I did that too early because my next kilometer was a 5:09, yeah. which again, it's not bad, not but bad. it's slower right. than my average pace. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, too soon, mm. kind of lost it. That's fine, but I just wanted to see what would happen. I was because every kilometer, I was like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the next kilometer, and I'm gonna go sub. Five yep. for the rest of the race, and then I'd get to the kilometer. I was like, oh, maybe the next <laughs> the next kilometer yeah. I'll do that because there's just I knew it wasn't really in there, so I did try it, and I was like, no, nah, that was too soon. Shouldn't have done that. That's fine. There's always this point on the race where the weight of the distance you've done so far is on you, and all you're feeling in the race is I've gone this far, I've ran for this long, yeah. and then there's a point where the elasticity of the race flips. Yeah. And now it's the finish line pulling you towards it. Yeah. And that's trying to time it so that you kick. Exactly. Just as that happened. If you go too early before the elasticity of the finish line is pulling you, that's where you find yourself going, oh, wait a second. Exactly. I'm in no man's land here. You've got to be smart enough to pull yourself back if you've done Mm. that. And I will be honest with you, if you have done that, even if you pulled yourself back, you're not going to get it back. Not at that point. Because you're tired, you've been running for an hour and a half. You know, at this point, it's it's also a mental game. It's like, all right, look, 21 kilometers for me is not that far. But when you're running it hard, yeah. it is. And when you get to kilometer 18 and you're like, God damn, it's only three kilometers, but it is three kilometers, yeah. you know, to go. And so, yeah, so I lost that kick. Next kilometer is 5.09. Kilometer after that, kilometer 20, final kilometer, really. And this is where it's like it's getting really hard. It's mm. like, all right, I know I've only got a kilometer and a bit to go. But I'm going to push it as hard as I can. And that kilometer turns into a 4.59 kilometer. And a beautiful five-minute pace. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, and then we get to the final couple hundred meters. And this rat bastard of a race, <laughs> there is like three back-to-back, like 80 to 100 meter, like freaking 15 to 20 percent little ramp incline things. Actual ramps? I don't know. No, they're not actually ramp. They're just like... 
really significant inclines. Where does it finish the event? It finishes at Rod Laver. Rod Laver. Okay. Yeah, I think right outside Rod Laver. And you're not running. Are you running on like footpaths at this point, or no? It, it's, it's like it's like footpaths, but it's like it's like really inclined. They cross that bridge. Oh, okay. And leading up to that bridge. Yes. Yeah. And this is where the signs are like 500 meters to go, 200 meters to go, but you're running up these goddamn inclines. You can do it. I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're great. You're almost there. At that point, you're working so hard and everything that like anybody tells you is just like, no, 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 no. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. These inclines. It's a real bastard of a finish. Like it is a hard finish, even though it's as short as it is. Um, But you're just like, ah, that's the last thing you want after all these douche grade hills. Mm. Find more of them. Uh, and so I finished my final kilometer, uh, you know, at a f- uh, with a 501 pace, uh, and then I crossed the I crossed the line with a bit of a bit of a good kick. Yep. You know, I think so. I averaged a 502 kilometer the whole way, or about an 806 mile. So for 21 k's, that means your net time was 145 something. 32. 145. 32. 32. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. And yeah. it was a negative split for me. So I did negative split the race. Well it was only about, like, I'm talking seconds negative split. So yeah. my first 10K was uh, 50, 49. I think the second 10K was like 50, 11, and then the final kilometer. So it was literally mm. probably less than a minute negative split. But Still negative split? Negative split. Yeah. And not that far off your PB. No, it's only All about a minute. Uh, like a minute? No. And So I'm, like, really, really excited about that. So... Mm. You know, so my net time was one hour, 45 minutes, and 32 seconds. My overall place, uh, 12, uh, 1,276 out of 4,501. So top 30%. Top 30%. Yep. Uh, my gender place was 1,089 out of 2,803. Okay. About the same. About yeah, the same. 30, 35, yeah, yeah. And my category, so my age group, yeah. uh, 463 out of... 1,064. So competitive age category. Lots of people in that age group. Yeah. Try, getting in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's probably one of the most... Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, out of 4,000 runners. Well, 20%, 25% of them were in your category. Yeah. Your age group. Yeah. Your five-year age range. So, yeah. So that's where the bulk of the racing was. That's yeah. where the bulk of the racing was. So mm-hmm. overall, I was really happy with the, the effort. You know, I stuck to my pacing strategy. There wasn't any... Maybe a couple moments where I was like, oh, I might be in trouble. But... You don't regret going too slow. No. 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 I, I, I kind of feel like I was right. It was one of those races where I finished and I looked at my splits and I, I engaged my effort and I was like, I raced this right where I should be racing Good. today. You know, I didn't, I didn't, there was no dangerous spots where I was like, I went out too fast or mm. I went out too slow. You know, I did say at one point to Kirk, I said, maybe, maybe I could have started a little bit faster, but then... Even if I had started at a five or ten seconds faster per kilometer, I, yeah. at that, uh, at the um, ability that I'm at right now and the fitness that I'm at right now, I don't know that it would have helped. Mm. Yeah. So. But overall happy. Overall happy. Overall, I'm really happy considering mm. it's the heaviest I've run in a long time. You know, coming from a place where it was kind of cool because that was the run melbourne was actually my very first race right uh, and i did the 10k and i did the 10k in about 57 50 something and that was a bitch mm. like it hurt and i hated myself and i hated running a lot uh but i signed up for the marathon like two days later <laughs> so and to go back and do 
the half when the first time I went to the run Melbourne and I was watching the people run the half. I was like, wow, I could never do that. Mm. And to go back and run it in a much better time yeah. in terms of a 10K, you know, because 10K, 57. Well, both of your 10K splits were faster than that first 10K. Yeah. 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 So, you know, that alone just tells me that, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a cool journey to have taken. Mm. And it's really kind of only really just begun, really. It's only been a few years. Yeah. And... So, yeah, it was just, it was good. I mean, a little little bit of, in terms of observational feeling, my my body did hurt, uh, you know, more than I would have expected it to because I was racing at a heavy weight. Like, yeah. my feet were sore, you know, nothing else, just my feet kind of okay. were sore. What shoes did you wear? I, I did wear my Vaporflies. Okay. Uh, you know, the, the, the larger one. So, I, I did get 10 and a half. I don't know if those are big enough. I think I might need an 11, but at the same time... It was also the sides of my feet, so I was like, maybe they're just not wide enough, mm. and a, a larger size isn't really going to fix you that. Might need a wide feet if they make them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in, in terms of sore, in terms of soreness, I felt it a little bit in my hip flexors. I didn't feel it at all in my knee, which is great. How but are your quads? My quads were fine. Yep. Um, my calves were a bit okay sore, and I think that that was probably from all the inclines. Yeah. You know, and because I was going at a faster pace, when you're running faster, you're using the, you know, the forefront of your foot. And so that's putting more stress on your ankles, yeah. your Achilles, your calves. Um, but, yeah, I, I was, when I crossed the finish line, I was like, I, I felt that I had given the best that I could have given that day. And mm -hmm. I was happy. I didn't give too much. I didn't give too little. And it was like, I saw Aaron... Who actually videoed me at one point yeah. at about kilometer 16 or 17, and I didn't even know. Because she's like, I thought you saw me because your hands were up. I was like, no, I think I was just shaking out or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so when I saw her at the finish line, I was very excited. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see you. I won't hug you, though, because I'm gross. Yeah. Um, got my medal. Um, it's a nice medal. Yeah? Where is it? It's interesting. It's going over to get it now. Ooh! That is an interesting medal. It's hollow. It's hollow. It's like a... Frisbee discus type thing. Yeah. That's a very nice, that's a very unusual and very nice looking medal. Yeah. I'm actually a little jealous about that. It's banging, right? My first medal. See, it's very yeah. different from the first run, Melbourne. Traditional medal, yeah, type thing. Or well, it's an oval. It doesn't have the year on it. No, it's probably because they didn't know. No. <laughs> the year is like, they're not putting years on anything more anymore. And, exactly. More and more medals are now using the ribbon. Yeah. To carry the year, but this one doesn't even have that. No, it's probably because they're like, you know what? We don't know. This it's funny. It's got the first year that yeah. it was, but. This shit could get cancelled at any moment. Yeah. So we're, we're not, not putting years, years on it. On it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's I the thing. Like when I did my Spartan, uh, the Ultra, they gave me a medal. I did it in 2022, but the medal says 2021 on it. Yeah. When we did the Warburton Festival, um, all the medals were the same. Yeah. Every event got the same medals. Like yeah. you could go do a 5K, you got the same medal as me doing a 50. Bummer. Yeah. So I'm like, I should get 10. Yeah, that's ass. Yeah. Where's my belt buckle? Exactly, I want one on each finger. Exactly, yeah. I hate that. I do like this medal though. This it's is cool, a good-looking right? medal. Yeah, very classic. The blue and the white and the slight little bit of different blue. Very classy-looking medal. Well done, Soul Motive. Indeed, mm. indeed, one of your better ones. <laughs> yes. So that was uh, that was my recap of the Run Melbourne Half Marathon. Very happy with that. Very much now. <clears throat> looking forward to getting ready for the the full. So this week has been a bit of a a deload week, so Monday was a complete rest day. Yep. You know, weight training as per normal, but Tuesday was a uh, uh, 
what's six what's six miles? Ten oh, Ks. yeah, about ten k's. Easy recovery Wednesday today. I just did sixty minutes of cross training. Tomorrow I'll mm-hmm. do a speed workout. Friday easy recovery. Then Saturday's a lo- uh, a modified long run, which mm-hmm. I'll spend ninety minutes going up and down Flinders Peak as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. My plans is uh, easy run tomorrow morning, track session tomorrow night. Easy run. No, bike ride on Friday, bit of cross training. But two one two runs tomorrow. Yeah, so I'll do an easy run in the morning with Daryl. So oh, yeah. Daryl's just getting back into running, so we go do five Ks or so at the oval, just sure. trying to get him running that. So I'll go do an easy run in the morning with Daryl and then at night I'll go to the track nice. and do a speed session with some intervals. And then uh, Friday I'll ride to and from work just to get a bit of cross training in. So that's a seventy K round trip on the bike. And then Saturday will be Oh, about 12 Ks um, with a fast park run in the middle. Okay. And then Sunday is up to two and a half hours long run, something like that. Not doing distance, just worried about time. Yeah, well, because what I'm finding is I've been doing the distance and doing the time, but my distance tends to be coming a lot quicker. And I'm like, no, I actually need time on legs. So now I'm kind of going more with that every long run add 15 minutes. Yeah, fair enough. um, And do that. And so because I was meant to do 22 Ks on Sunday... And at the time they finished 22Ks, I'm like, well, I've still got, I'll go for another 5, 6Ks or so, yeah. minutes or so, and do 23. That's kind of an awesome like place to yeah. be. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm even, and that was running, my long run on Sunday, I ran really slow. Like, I ran the first 11Ks or so with people, and that was like a, a an up and down pace, somewhere floating around the 530s. Mm. And then after they all left, I did the final 12Ks, and I tried to keep my heart rate down around about the low 140s. And meant I was running at like a six, six and a half minute pace, but it was so easy. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was, I wish I'd bought my headphones. Yeah. It was, it was a little boring. I was out there just going, this is not challenging me at all physically. It's literally just time on legs. It's that mental. And just mental. Just focusing on the mental game. That's yeah. like a big part of those long runs, man. Yeah. It's not so much the physical, but it's the mental. It's like, I'm going to be out here for two hours by myself. This yeah. sucks. The big thing I need to decide is I need to buy another pair of shoes before Melbourne. We're nine weeks out. And I've got uh, my shoes that I have won't make it. I'm gonna have to get another pair and start breaking them in. So Kayanos, you want? I think I'm gonna go Kayano 28s again. Yeah, nice. You can get them for about 170 bucks or so. Mm. Um, Brooks has a sale on at the moment. Mizano has a sale on at the moment. But you're gonna be having a hard time getting Kayanos from Brooks, though. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go the Kayanos that I saw and just just get them. Bite yeah. the bullet. I know they work. Yeah. I'm gonna give my Alpha Flies another chance. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna work with them tomorrow and see how they treat me, just because. My, I, I don't know. I think the Vaporflies have treated me really well, but I, I don't know. I think I'm, I, I got to figure out with my when I get down to my race weight mm. what my shoe is going to be because yeah. I don't know right now at this race weight that it is the Vaporfly. Yeah, okay. I think I would have been interested to see how I went feet-wise and, and feeling-wise with the Alphas on Sunday. Because they're more cushioned. They're a little bit more cushioned, yeah. yeah. And I think that's great, obviously, for a bigger runner. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try them again tomorrow, see how they feel. I wasn't blown away with them when I first used them, but I'm going to... You were skeptical when we first spoke about them. That was more about the tongue and the laces and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and they do they do feel a bit strange, but we'll see. Maybe I just didn't break them in enough. I feel like the shoes that I ran in, I didn't break in enough either. Okay. I'm, I'm very leery on breaking in vapor flies. It's hard to break them in because you... Once break you them break in, them they're in, done. Once you break them in, they're broken. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I had only done a one run in them. It was a 10-mile, 16-kilometer uh, run, and then I, I broke them out for the half marathon. 
Mm. So I'd only use 16 kilometers. But so maybe see how these ones go. Yeah, yeah. we'll find out. Mm. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to... I don't think I've got anything. Oh, just um, talking to a couple of the guys this morning, our competitors for the Melbourne Marathon that's coming up. Uh, your mate Troy. Uh, what about him? He absolutely smoked me up the hill this morning. So, yeah. yeah, just took off. I tried to keep up with him. I was hauling, like, just could not keep up with him at all. He ran up to the turntable car park and then just turned and ran up Flinders Peak. What's his pace up, up that stuff? Oh, he was running <clears throat> high fours, low fives. What a freak. Getting up there. So a minute a kilometre faster So what's what, do we know what, like, he's running the marathon? He's running the marathon. <clears throat> what's his time goal? Is it sub three? Uh, I don't know if it's sub three. It'll be sub 330, yeah. maybe 320. Nice. Somewhere around that range. I mean, Mark's talking about going sub 330. So I'm Troy should be able to go faster Beat than them both yeah. in a couple of years. And Not then, a couple of months. Uh, Francis, uh, who I don't know if you've met Francis. He is pulling some amazing mileage at the moment. 110 yeah. kilometres a week. Wow. He's doing two 20K runs midweek. And then a 30k plus long run on the Sundays. Just gr getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, just grinding mileage right now. That's dedication, so, man. So, yeah, there's definitely... So sometimes, like, when you go into an event like this and you're in a running group, you look around at the group and you're like, oh, you know, I might I might be okay with this. And you know, I've had some good results compared to the running group in the past. This time I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting that participation medal <laughs> because... Everyone else is just in form right now. Yeah. They're, they're running really, really well. It's interesting how that works. It's like you think you're top dog, and then all of a sudden just out of nowhere, it's like you're not anymore. Nah, yeah. yeah. I used to be the fastest. Now I'm not. No, yeah. you're not. Yeah. Because I'm old. I was at one point, I think for a couple of minutes there, I was pretty much on par to be one of the faster ones. And then everything went to hell. Yeah. But I'm, I'm heading back there. I'm going to come for you, Simon. I'm going to come for you, Troy. I'm going to come for you, Zach and Mark. And this, what's his, what's the other one? Francis. Francis. Who you've never met. Francis. I'm coming for you, bro. You now have a vendetta against. Nice. Most, yeah. most people that I've never met, those are the people that I have vendettas against. I used to think that I had, oh, at least I've got the experience. You know, I've got the experience that other people don't have. And then this other guy, Nick, joined Winfit a couple of months ago, went out at his first marathon and instantly beat my PB by like 20 minutes or so. I'm like, well, I don't even have experience anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I've run like 25 or 30 races or yeah. something. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, I'm Doesn't faster. mean anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> have you just tried running faster? Like, Do you know what I have And uh, yeah. about that? Yeah. I've got so much experience, it slows me down now. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with. That's fair. Mm. I like that one. So, yeah, that's all I have. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, look, everyone, thank you so much for listening to my recap of the Run Melbourne. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, discussing <laughs> my details. <laughs> so Another podcast hearing Andrew talk about Andrew. That's the way we do it. That's how we started this podcast, and occasionally we just come back to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, look, everybody, uh, as I said before, please make sure that you jump on Apple itunes and leave a review for the podcast it really will help us out we do want to reach more people so that'd be really really awesome if you could do that it takes two minutes not even just get on there leave a good review say something nice could be one word just write great I don't we, care. we gave you a 10 percent generation a 15 percent generation you can yeah. discount what more do you people want exactly exactly yeah. so help us out so look thanks again so much for listening to this episode of the breaking the barrier podcast we hope to see you out there on the treadmill the trails, and the roads going above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next time.